0: So we just heard about Doubting Thomas in that passage. Um, Doubting Thomas is one of those figures so famous that really even today in our post-Christian society, people will refer to a Doubting Thomas. Well, I want this morning to share with you a theory I have about Thomas. Um, A theory that I think shows even more why Thomas is relevant to us. So Thomas is often referred to as the classic sceptic, but my theory is that he's actually a cynic. Now, what's the difference? Well, a sceptic is someone who doesn't believe anything. Anything you say to him, he says, well... A cynic, however, does believe in something very definite. He believes in evil. He believes in the worst. Anything you describe to him, he points out the failing. You say, Ah, look, the sun is shining, and he points out the clouds. You tell him about some nice new person you've met, and he points out his failing. That the cynic believes in evil. So the skeptic refuses to believe in God because he just doesn't believe in anything. Whereas the cynic doesn't believe in God because he believes in evil. Instead, he believes in the worst all the time. Now, my reason for thinking that Thomas was a cynic is his reaction when the other disciples say they've seen the Lord. That he doesn't say, Well, show me his body. Rather, Thomas points to the marks of evil. He says, Show me. The wound. Show me the holes in his hand where the nails went in. Show me the, the wound in his side where the spear went in. Thomas points to the triumph of evil. Now Thomas didn't always point to what was evil. Earlier in the Gospels we kind of see a very different Thomas. Earlier in the Gospels Thomas is... Actually, he utters one of the bravest words in all of the the Gospels, that there's a certain point in the Gospels when our Lord sets out for Jerusalem. It says in the Gospels, he set his face for Jerusalem at a time when it was clear that the enmity against him and the enemies he had in Jerusalem, that setting his face for Jerusalem meant he was going to his death. And brave Thomas at that stage says, Let us go with him, that we may die with him. A very brave Thomas at that stage in the Gospels. And yet somehow, by today's passage, he's a changed man. He's a cynic. He's pointing to what's wrong. Well, what's What's happened in between? What's changed? Well, the very obvious thing that's happened (coughs) is the cross. That he has experienced, he's seen the triumph of evil over the Lord. And that must have been a shattering experience. And it shattered his faith. And for ourselves, many of us know how suffering can shatter our faith as well, that when we suffer, when we experience evil ourselves, we can find it hard to believe. Ironically, of course, those are the very moments when we need our faith the most, that when things go wrong, Well, that's when it's most important to me to know that there is a God, that there is someone looking out for me, that there is someone with me in this difficulty. And yet, so easily, the reverse can happen to us, that our experience of suffering, our experience of evil, can turn us, too, into cynics, so that we are so overwhelmed with the experience of evil that that's all we see anymore. Well, how does the Lord respond to the cynic's doubts? How does the Lord respond to someone who is so overwhelmed with evil and suffering that that's all he believes in anymore, that's all he sees anymore? How does our Lord respond to Thomas? Well, our Lord responds by pointing directly to what it was that Thomas had complained about. And yet showing that here he had triumphed. Our Lord responds by saying to Thomas, look, here are my wounds. Put your finger in, put your hand into my side and see, yet I live, I have triumphed. And this is what the Lord does as his message to us in all of our experience of evil, to say he has triumphed that the same Lord who hung on the cross has overcome the cross. And so as our Lord says elsewhere, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I, I have overcome the world. And that's what enables us to have faith, even though we live in a world of suffering. Not because we deny that suffering is real, but because we see that God has suffered with us and for us on the cross. And even more, that he has triumphed over that suffering, triumphed over that evil. And that's, he promises a share in that triumph to all those who put their faith, who put their trust in him. So to conclude, every religion, every philosophy needs to have some account of suffering. Suffering is this universal human experience. But it's only Christianity that has the satisfying answer, because it's only Christianity that has Christ. Christ who himself hung upon the cross and overcame. So when our faith is tested by suffering, when we feel like giving in to cynicism and just believing the worst, well, we'd do well to recall this image, to recall our Lord showing his triumphant wounds, a display that gives faith in him, credibility, even in a world of suffering.